Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pockets Full Soup. I'm your host, Jared Petty, joined by Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. Hello. This is round three of the Goldfarbathon. Ooh. Yeah, we're here in Goldfarb's apartment. We recorded an episode with Andrew and Marty. We yep. recorded an episode with Marty. Now we're recording an episode with Andrew. These will not run consecutively. Yeah, uh, if people don't like us, they're real sick of this so far. Yeah, probably. Well, what is the, what, uh, what is it, transitive property? Like, if, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C? I, I don't understand math or numbers <laughs> or letters. Math, Those are letters, right? That, that's what these episodes are like. What is it? Negative B plus minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC over 2A. Is that the quadratic formula? Is that it? Did that's I miss something quadratic, though? I, I feel like I missed something in the what quadratic What I'm saying formula. is if you listen to Marty's episode and you listen to this episode, then you don't have to listen to one of the two of us together. Okay. Well, no, that's not true. But I think you should because it's good for, yes. for me. Uh, also for you, because a good start. It definitely. Hey, we're on the fives, uh, which means something different. Uh, the mm-hmm. zany uh, uh, off the beaten path episodes where we do something. Uh, well, uh, a little different. Uh, I like. I like to think this is the guy den episodes. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I, yeah. I like to. Um, there's like a weird. I used to listen to a lot of like crappy pop punk records or whatever. And at the end, there would always be like a hidden track. Um, mm-hmm. And the way they used to do it was rather than being on a separate track, the last song would just be like 45 minutes long. But it would really be <laughs> three minutes long. And then there would be like 36 minutes of silence. And then you would get like this like extra little bonus track. Such and sometimes it was a real song or sometimes it was like um, uh, like uh, Dynamite Hack uh, has a song called Anyway, which is like one of my favorite dumb breakup songs. And the secret track on that album is a piano version of it with a woman singing. And it's like the girl's version, like the girl's perspective on the same breakup song, which is. Really oh, wow. Smart. But I like to think of these these five episodes as like the secret track. OK, these are the secret track. Pockets full of soup. Secret tracks. That's right. Ooh, pockets after soup after. No, I like secret pockets tracks after soup. Pockets after soup. Yep. Soup hidden. Po- you know Leftover what? soup. Leftover soup. This is not leftovers. So you're not the leftovers. She's a main <laughs> course, my friend. Tonight, <laughs> soup is on the menu for all four Ooh, courses. I'm a big fan of soup. Soup is the soup. It's the salad. It's the entree. It's mm. the dessert. Ooh, wow. That's right. It's it's all all like that dessert going a bit too. I like soup a lot, too. What's your yeah. favorite soup? My favorite soup? Um, I, I really like clam chowder, probably by virtue of Ooh. I grew up in New England and, and ate that a lot. Um, I like uh, spicy soups a lot. I can do like a, like a good tortilla soup, like mm. a, a real cheesy, real spicy tortilla. Um, I don't. It's funny because I said clam chowder. I tend to not really like creamy soups that much. Yeah. Um, I like really like brothy, uh, like chicken soups and stuff. I accidentally made the world's best tortilla soup fooling around in the kitchen one day, and I've never Ooh. been able to replicate the recipe. Isn't that the worst? Yeah, I, I mess around with cooking a lot, and I'll always like nail the flavors on something like the first time, and then if I try and follow a recipe or recreate it, it's just a gross yeah. wet mess. It's it's my white whale. I'm gonna yeah. die in one day just covered in tortillas. In no, no, no. I, I think I think you're gonna do great. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Actually, I think tortillas will kill me, but probably only by congesting my <laughs> arteries to the, to the point that it fells but, me. But they'll taste good. They will taste Gotten good going down until until they taste of death and dust in my mouth. <laughs> like, yep. yep. All that dirt. All that dirt. That, that, there. Yep. that but oak coffin. Till then. Uh, so tonight's episode is uh, something we haven't done before. We've never done a pure reader mail episode. And that's what we're going to do this evening. Awesome. I'm Andrew down. Goldfarb answers your questions about life, the universe, and everything. Ooh. I'm yeah. going to have a weird perspective on a lot of this stuff. You're going to have a weird perspective, but we got all kinds of questions here. And uh, I am always terrified. I, I am uncomfortable with phones. I use them every day, uh, but I've never grown to love them. Do you uh, and, do you mean like from the NSA perspective of like you're being watched or okay. just the the comfort comfortability of like using the phone itself? All of the above and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NSA perspective certainly. I, I'm, I'm terrified of surveillance, uh, radiation, um, 
uh, yep. and the fact that, that these things might be killing us. Uh, yep. I mean, almost certainly are, yeah. Yeah, but, but also things like just, just having a tiny portable computer is kind of miraculous, but also um, even though I understand how to operate it, I, I find it disturbing that, that I'm so dependent on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's true. I, uh, it, it's terrifying being without it for even a moment. Yep. So yep. that's uh, and that's a feeling I'm not comfortable with. Uh, yeah. So there's a little, little bit of a luddite inside me, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I wonder about the potential I have wasted by virtue of having something at my fingertips at all times. Mm-hmm. Like the few times I've actually tried to be dialed out, like like to not be connected to anything, I feel like I'm instantly more creative, or I'm instantly thinking more about things that aren't just refreshing Twitter. Yeah. Um, I went on vacation uh, a few weeks ago, actually, with uh, with Brian Altano and Zach Ryan, and uh, I was basically just completely off the grid. Like, I wasn't really checking email. I wasn't doing anything. And by virtue of just not checking Twitter all the time, and also, I didn't have a data plan, so I just literally couldn't sometimes if I wasn't on Wi-Fi. You were in Europe, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a luxury to not be connected. Did you enjoy it? Yes and no. Like, yes, ultimately I did. At first, it made me nervous. Mm-hmm. It made me, especially just being in news, like five years of, of working on like keeping track of breaking news, I get massive anxiety when I don't know what's going on. Mm, that makes sense. And professionally, I'm always worried I'll be at a disadvantage. Like, when I left for a year <laughs> and then came back and was like, oh, like, I don't have the baseline I always had because I missed some stories. Uh, well, I'm. You feel like you've fallen under. I mean, surely you you feel like you've caught up now. Now I'm fine, but I mean, one of my, one of the things that helps me doing news. One of the things that's really useful is being able to, at a moment's notice, remember like, oh well, the last time they talked about whatever, the last time that game company said something about their game that hasn't been announced yet, it was X, Y, and Z, and it was okay. at the, on this date. When I'm checked out for a while, maybe they say something and I missed it. And then the next thing happens, and I'm kind of missing a chapter. You don't have the mental context yeah. that you wanted. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So, to the questions yes. from Max Madigan, Andrew, why are you so cool? I don't, I don't think I am that cool. No? I, I think I'm surrounded by incredible people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I am very good at picking up on little traits or on learning from the people around me. And I think I have grown as a person by just being lucky enough to be surrounded by wonderful people. What's the best way you've grown from what you've learned from these wonderful people? A little bit of confidence. Um, and I think honestly, just um, generally being able to appreciate what's around me. I think like the people who uh, kind of taught me my way or, or showed me my way when I first came to IGN, like Greg Miller, Colin Moriarty, Rich George, uh, a lot of those people kind of taught me little professional things that have done really well for me. And then, People like Marty and Brian Altano um, have kind of helped me just laugh more and kind of stop and smell the roses more, I think. If um, if you've seen The NeverEnding Story, right? Yeah. yeah yes, okay. absolutely. So, okay, so if it you has were... Falcor in it. Anything with like guess, a dog or dog-like creature I'm into. Uh, that, we're we're going to get there, actually, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. later tonight. But NeverEnding Story, there, there are two gates on the way to the Southern Oracle. Uh, the first one shoots laser beams out of, out of its eyes at you as you walk through, uh, unless you can... Do you remember the? Do you I'm remember suddenly the realizing I remember very little of Neverending okay, Story, yeah. despite my confident yes when you <laughs> asked. There are, two, there are two gates you have to pass through. Okay, so the first one is you've, you've got to have like the confidence to walk through the gate. You got to have the ability yeah. to walk through and remain true, and and not doubt yourself, or these giant sphinxes blow you up. Okay, can you make it through that gate? <sighs> no. 
No? I don't think I could not doubt myself. I think I could be like, I could basically psych myself up and just rip the band-aid off and do it. Mm -hmm. But I think I'd be doubting myself. There was an old Baptist minister named Grady Nutt. Uh, it's who a great said, name. Yeah, I love that name. It's a Grady I mean, name. It's, yeah, it's, it is a Grady name. Who said that he? Some I'm paraphrasing here. That he believed that doubt was the natural companion of faith. Ooh. Do you agree with that statement or not? Yes, I. I don't honestly. I don't live in a way where I'm ever a hundred percent certain about anything. I always leave myself a little bit of room to think things through. I think I am a little bit of a pessimist, a little bit of a skeptic. I generally. And, and I mean, in news, I kind of have to be right. Like if I, if I learn something from a source or whatever, I always want to verify it. And I'm always, no matter how authentic or trustworthy it seems, I always want to check it. Um, and I think that applies to just the way I think even long before I had this job. Do you have brothers or sisters? I have a sister. Yeah. Uh, what do they do? Uh, she is, she's older than me. She does, um, like, I mean, she, her, she's trained in art. She's an MFA. Uh, she does a lot of like volunteer teaching. Uh, she worked at museums for a while. She kind of bounces around. Okay, I've heard you mention several times that you never got, ne- never felt settled in Texas. Mm-hmm. One thing I've wanted to ask you: What was good about Texas? Uh, the food, uh, and honestly, like I feel like I talk shit about Texas a lot when I don't necessarily mean to. I think the, like I'm still friends with a lot of the people I worked with there, and I honestly don't think anyone there was ever mean to me. Mm-hmm. I think everyone there was just lovely and wonderful. Um, uh, I had, it, it's funny because like here in San Francisco, the friends I have are people I can go get a beer with or I can go whatever, see a movie with, or I can go out with or do whatever. Um, in Texas, it was much more like at a moment's notice I had, cause when I moved there much like here, it was very sudden. And while I was looking for an apartment, I need to stand couches and things like that. Um, anytime I needed it, I had a place to stay. I had a dinner table to sit down at. Like the people there were so hospitable that I think I was covered. It was just a more familial uh, sort of paternal way of, of having connections. Whereas here it's much more of a, a friendship kind of thing. Did anyone ever pinch your cheek? Uh, not that I recall. May I pinch your cheek? You absolutely may. I've always wanted to do this. That's the first cheek I've ever pinched in my entire life. Is that true? Yes. Wow. I find the world exclusive of, world exclusive right here. I find the pinching of cheeks very painful. Uh, so when I don't like it to you. Yeah, so I don't like inflicting the pain. I, that, you were very gentle. No, I, I, you tried have to, a, I deliberately tried. You're to a, a cheek pinching savant. Uh, I'm a tender. You're you're, you're very tender. Yes. I am very tender. A it's, prodigy. It's, I guess savant is a, soft, is a weird so, I could be. It could be a savant. I, I'd like to believe that. I'd like to believe that I am. Let's see. Uh, Professor Preston says, nice. "Ask him how his week was for me." Uh, we're still halfway through. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday, but it's been good so far. It's been busy. Uh, we're planning a whole bunch of stuff that's coming up, and we're coming down from a bunch of events. I don't know when this is going to go up, but where where we're coming out of, basically the big, the, in the video game industry, there are like a couple like keystone shows that happen every single year that are sort of the main half a dozen things that we always go to. We're now in the part of the year where those are all over. And we're transitioning into the part where like games are coming out. Okay. So we're coming into the fall season when I'm, I'm explaining this to you, like you don't know. No, um, no. Allow me to mansplain your own job. But yeah, so now we're coming into the part of the year where video games are coming out, and so it moves into reviews and and more of the um, like end of the story. I like to think of it as sort of every year has this weird narrative where everything is uh, announced at E3 essentially for the following year, 
And then we follow this journey where uh, over the course of about 18 months, things are revealed in more detail and we find out more and we see more and then they finally come out. And it's always a weird feeling when I'm sitting in my apartment playing a video game and vividly remember the moment when it was announced. Like when Final Fantasy 15 is finally in my hands after nine and a half years of waiting, that's yeah. going to be very surreal. That is kind of exciting. Yeah. Do your socks say socks on them? They say sock guy. Who is sock guy? Uh, these are actually from fangamer.net. They're, these are the Animal Crossing socks. These are and, Animal and they're, they're socks. They have, I have an Earthbound pair, a Zelda pair, and can Animal you, Crossing Can you pair. take one off and hold it up for, for our yeah, viewers? Yeah, absolutely. All right, hold it. Grab my socks here. Grab yeah, I sock. can't really contort my foot to show the word sock guy. Yeah, that's okay. He's trying to get it up there. But yeah, you have socks that say sock guy. Now, I don't recognize the sock guy reference. Uh, am I missing something there? I don't know that I do either. It might just be a cute. Okay, they are, those are very cute socks. I like the idea of you keeping one on and one off the entire show. <laughs> but uh, I see that you replaced your socks. How could I? What's the best so- uh, pair of socks you ever owned? Uh, I have a really cool gray pair of socks with uh, cute cats on them with a pink outline. I have a pair of shark socks. Um, one of my Ooh, favorite pairs. Socks. That's awesome. Yeah, those are like dark. They're like a dark, like a turquoise Yeah. Um, but then the sharks are outlined in like neon green Ooh. or like a neon teal, I guess. Uh, and then uh, one pair I really like, I have these T-Rex socks, but the T-Rex sits very high on the sock. And below that, they're just like, they look like navy blue dress socks. So I actually wear those with a suit a lot because you can't really see the T-Rex, but I know it's there. Do you know it's there? That's awesome. Do you ever do the same thing with like exciting underwear? I don't know. It's a mystery. What kind of underwear are you wearing right now? Uh, I'm wearing boxer briefs. Boxer briefs. Colored or striped or? Fairly straightforward. I've, I've colored ones, yeah. Okay, just straight colored. Yeah. I can't do uh, boxer Actually, briefs. I guess I am wearing striped ones at this particular moment. Ah, you're wearing striped boxer briefs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Jared and I had a, a moment before this episode. About boxer briefs? Yeah. No, or I'm about the big I'm mirror in your bathroom? alluding to you seeing. Oh, yeah. The, well, the mirror in, my, in the bathroom in my bedroom. No, I, I was just alluding to the fact that you knew what kind of underwear I was wearing when I didn't. It was a little unusual. Uh, so we have that. Uh, moving on from socks. <laughs> I like Marty just shaking his head in the other yeah, side. Yeah, of Marty's the room. just laying on the other side of the room. Uh, let's see. Uh, did you have dogs growing up? Asks the Simpsons Index. Yes, and yeah, I, I just mentioned this on uh, the episode I did with Marty, but yeah, I had um, a dog named Rascal that we got when I was very young. That uh, most of my childhood memories are with her, and then she died a little bit after my twenty-first birthday. So she was around for eighteen and a half years or so. Extraordinarily long life for a dog. Oh yeah, and she was wonderful. Uh, I also had a dog that lived oh, that long. Yeah. What, what was his name? His name was Banjo the Wonder Dog. You had a dog named Banjo? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. Banjo was not named for the crappy video game character, but Oh, rather... I forgot you don't like Banjo. Yeah. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what kind of dog? Uh, he was a golden retriever and a bunch of other whatever. Uh, he was a mutt. Uh, but Why looked... did you call him the Wonder Dog? Uh, well, he was Banjo because he was named after a character from a Western named Sab- called Sabata with Lee Van Cleef, uh, a really bad uh, spaghetti Western that I just mm-hmm. happened to like. And the Wonder Dog just came along because we made a song up about him and my family and would sing it. And do the you Wonder Dog, how fit... the song went? Uh, I do. May we hear it? Let's see. Um, Banjo, he was a wonder dog. Banjo, the wonder dog. 
that was a song. wow that is lovely yeah we were the we were the von Trapps. that's awesome uh but that was a song we would sing about the dog and made him happy i really <laughs> like i like that you had a, a dog named banjo for whom you composed a song yeah yeah i love very dog. sweet I, was, I had i had banjo the dog and panda the cat and they were best friends also a good name and lived both very long lifespans and died within a few months of each other wow that is always fascinating to me when um I had a childhood friend with dogs named Buttons and Snaps. They were two uh, Bichon Frises. Uh, and one of them was a little older. And I remember the... Uh, I might be getting this wrong, but if I recall correctly, the younger one died. And the older one was just lost. Like, listless forever after that. Like, wow. it was like losing... And it's like you hear all the time about couples that are married for 40 years. And, you know, the husband passes away and then the wife dies six mm-hmm. months later. Yeah. And that's what it was like for them. Oh, oh, that makes now I'm sad. Oh no, don't be sad. Oh. Sing about the Wonder Dog. <laughs> <laughs> we were so happy. Then. Yeah, we were happy for a moment. Cade, Cade five one four wants to know uh, how is he so handsome? Is it a lot of hard work? <laughs> uh, no, I mean I uh, no no. I'm you I'm trying to keep my. Out? I love my, uh, like a, the tiniest bit. I don't go to a gym. I do like push up, sit ups. I have a pull up bar. Well, you, you eat well too, right? I try to. I'm like tonight we had a bunch of fried crap yeah, we had a and bunch I'm drinking a beer right now. But no, I mean in general I try to. I had a lot of like upswings and downswings for a while where I would eat like crap for three months and then eat unbelievably healthy healthy for three months. I'm trying to be better at, about just moderation in general. What was that stuff you pulled out of your fridge earlier? It had. <laughs> yeah, I have this ice cream called Arctic Zero. Which I just tried. Um, it is uh, it's like thirty five calories a serving, and there's like I think four, three or four servings in a pint. So it's like if you ate an entire pint of this ice cream, it would be what one hundred and forty calories. So what's and it's it- like fat free, <laughs> fat free, lactose free, GMO free, mm-hmm. and uh, gluten free. That's it's not ice cream. It's no, it's it's like frozen. It it tastes like frozen, like protein powder, like frozen, like whey protein. Is it tasty? I mean, do you like it? Yeah, they have flavors. I have like the cookies and cream flavor. They have a bunch of them. This is not at all sponsored. I swear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I, it's not bad. It's uh, they have a cookie dough flavor, but it's like two or three times as many calories. And I was like, well, I want for that. the cookie dough flavor. Yeah, yeah. that's sounds, still. I that, so this is something you have around just for the proteininess of it. No, it's like. A, a minor indulgence like one of the things i've tried to be better about is keeping things here that like i graze all day and so like i'll have like meals okay like, but i'm a at every moment i want to be eating so what i've my strategy is is i've surrounded myself with carrot sticks and apples and sliced okay. strawberries and low-fat crap that basically i will eat and i get stuff that i enjoy the taste of obviously but if i go crazy and eat a bunch of carrot sticks or a bunch of grapes like i'm gonna be okay whereas what i used to have in my apartment was like at any given moment i would have crackers and cookies like i would eat a jar of peanut butter without thinking about it like i will just chow down on whatever arctic zero sounds like either a bad powerade flavor or a terrible mobile game uh mobile game a powerade flavor it sounds a little bit like uh like a band where they all have like bleach blonde spiky hair it does sound like that i can see arctic zero being um the flavor of a popsicle or some other frozen treat no yeah that could be well i mean it is in this case yeah well that's that's true actually yeah yeah. it's a frozen but i think more of like a blue raspberry like popsicle or or something i can see calling arctic zero i can't eat raspberry flavored stuff anymore i mean i love raspberries but there's a podcast i adore uh i 
Good Job oh, Brain. Oh, the Razzcast. You, you're familiar with Good Job Brain? No, I'm not. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I've heard of it. I've never okay. listened to it. Good yeah. Job Brain is wonderful. Chris Kohler, Karen Chu, a, a, a wonderful group of people doing great trivia. But one of their very early shows, they revealed that the flavoring used in most artificial raspberry flavored things, uh, which I think is called castorum, is uh, derived from the gland of a beaver near its anus. Oh, uh, and it's still used for, the uh, for that purpose, from. and that's where you get that why, raspberry flavor. Why? Why does that flavor specifically associate with raspberry? Uh, for more, go to Good Job Brain. And oh, more that's like right. Assberry. Ah, uh, Kate also wanted to know uh, uh, what do you think the world needs more of? Dogs? No. Um. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh compassion. <laughs> I honestly, I. Uh, Thought, reason, <laughs> uh, compassion. These are very primordial. I mean, I I think uh, there's a weird. It's not like Jesus. I feel like every day. <laughs> Welcome to my soapbox. I feel like every day I read a story and I'm just like, really? Like, there's some article every day where I'm just like, why are we awful to each other? And I feel like in general, like if people just took a breath and were even 15% better about being good to each other. I feel like we'd have a better place to live. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a few months ago I was walking through San Francisco and I came across a billboard that had a picture of a dog putting its paw on a cell phone with its smiling owner behind it. Mm-hmm. And it said, finally, an app for me to pee. Oh. And I thought, if I were a vengeful god, this is the moment I would destroy civilization when I walked yeah. by that sign. It sounds about um, right. That, it was a, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I guess that's not very compassionate. That sounded more ranty and horrible. Actually. No, 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 not. I mean, there, there are moments. I don't know. I, I, I try to, I try to be good to people. Uh, uh, Amory Sullivan, a friend, uh, who I hang out with every now and again. Uh, if you ever have the pleasure of walking around with her and pass a homeless person or pass someone who's down their luck, she will always give them something or always be friendly to them and treat them like a human being. Um, I've walked with her near her work and had people like homeless people recognize her and thank her again for the food. And like, I, there are people around me that are shining examples of like just how to be a better person. Cassius wants to know why is Andrew so nice? All these questions are, um, I, I guess my answer again is that I try to just stop and think and treat people like human beings. It's, um, I have a ton of friends, like I worked retail for a little bit. I have a ton of friends in the service industry uh, or, or friends from the past who are in the service industry. And just, I think in general, just remember that people are people. The next time you're Ooh. screaming at a yeah. customer service agent in the phone or your meal is taking too long to come at a restaurant or whatever, just, you know, don't be shitty to people. Just like take a breath and we're all people. We all make mistakes. Yeah. In the, in the end, you can always just walk out. That's that's not that's exactly right. You can always just hang up. Yep. And I've been guilty of otherwise in the past and, and feel ashamed of it for, yep. for that purpose. And we've also all been there where we are getting yelled at for something that's not our fault. Yeah. That's that's kind of the human condition, right? Yeah. No, for sure. Mark asks, does he remember Chewbacca? I remember. Do I remember Chewbacca? That's one of the, the questions. The character portrayed by Peter Mayhew in the seven films in the Star Wars. Actually, series. he's not in Phantom Menace. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Or Attack, or Attack the Clones. Clones. All right. Yeah. Well, so apparently, no, I do not remember Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Peter Mayhew, when I lived briefly as a kid in uh, the Fort Worth area, Peter Mayhew did a signing at like a Walmart or something. And I was a huge, my, my parents' first date was Star Wars. I come from a Star Wars family. I've always been growing up a big Star Wars fan. And I was uh, living there at the time. And someone my dad worked with knew I was a Star Wars fan and happened to be driving by this Walmart where Peter, Peter Mayhew was doing a signing. And so she stopped in and got like an autographed 8x10 of Peter Mayhew thinking of me, which was very sweet. But Peter Mayhew was signing 8x10s of Chewbacca, like in full costume, and then 8x10s of like himself. And he is just a perfectly nice, I'm sure, but he's just a big, tall man. And yeah. so she gave me this 8x10 Peter Mayhew photo that it was just very sweet of her to do. And I had it like, it was like framed and I had it sitting on my desk for like, years it was just a picture of this man that <laughs> meant very little to me but it was a sweet gesture and i was always too guilty to throw it away <laughs> do you still have it this no no no. eventually in one of my moves got left behind i think probably when i left my parents house yeah i was gonna yeah, say yeah, if i had true. a peter mayhew picture i'd be like i'm so sad i'm like i want the peter mayhew picture you're always bringing me things though like you come back from trips and things like jared i brought you something it's i try so to sweet. you're very thoughtful that way Oh, I'm okay. Yeah, Miranda brought me a Hasune Miku from Japan. Miranda brought me so much incredible stuff from yeah, Japan. Miranda's the, the real person to ask, how are you so nice? Uh, we're interviewing Miranda next week. Yay! Miranda's yep. wonderful. Yep, next week. So, uh, Joel asks, favorite vacation? Go! Ooh, uh, vacation or trip? Because my favorite, probably the best week of my life, legitimately, it was probably uh, earlier this year in Tokyo with Zach and Marty. Mm-hmm. But we were working almost the entire time. Yeah. Uh, best vacation would be when I was in Europe a few weeks ago. Wow. Um, so they were both this year? Yeah. I mean, my thing is I had never – these were the first trips I've really taken just with friends. Um, okay. And the Tokyo one, we really were doing a lot. But in Europe, that was like the first time I've just spent time with friends and not with my family or not with a significant other. Um, and the trips I've taken with both family and with significant others were wonderful in different ways. But I do think there's something special about being an adult – and being with friends and just having an adventure. This Europe trip was the one with the real good cheese, right? Yes. Yeah. There's um, an episode of the Comedy Button yeah. uh, that I did with Zach and with Brian. And, of course, we were joined by uh, Max Scoville, Anthony Gallegos, and Scott Bromley. Uh, that episode is all about our Euro trip adventures. Yeah, you guys should listen to that. Um, comedy Button. You should always listen to the Comedy Button yeah, because they're funny. Yep. Uh, and they bring happiness to, uh, to the world. Andrew, you have to give up Persona or Dogs. No petting, but you can still look. Which one? Wait, if I give up dogs, I can't. So the choice is, do I give up persona or do I give up petting dogs? Yeah. I, yep. I feel like I have to give up persona. Yep. Just can't pet a dog ever yeah. again. So I, I give feel like as much as I would be heartbroken given giving up persona, I'm going to see a lot more so dogs over the course of my walk life. walk over, take yeah. your Persona 5 disc off the mantle snap right it now. in half. No, I'm going to take it home and play it. Oh, all right. Oh, oh. so not Persona's deleted from the planet. I just can't play it. Yeah, it's out there, but you can never play it, see it, or touch it. You just know I can't even it. watch like your Twitch stream? No. I, I would still keep the dogs. You still keep the dogs? Yeah. That's, uh, that's, the, that's, that's the compassionate choice right there. Oh, man. That one sucked. All right. A lot of, uh, lot of choose-only-one here. So, okay. Um, if you had to choose only one, what's the single most important event that's ever happened to you? To me? Yeah. Uh, uh, so the, my, my chain of events for how I got hired at IGN involves a lot of people. It began at New York comic-con 2015 when I met Eric Goldman and then 
filtered all the way through to meeting Jack DeVries and Rich George, and then beyond 200. Beyond. But ultimately, beyond. Ultimately, I think the one single event that led me to where I am would have been the beginning of my freelance career, which was Mark Ryan responding to an email to write guides and assigning me the Dissidia, Final Fantasy Dissidia guides on PSP. I forgot you started by writing guides. I think that would be that would be the just barely number one, very closely followed by the number two, which was Colin Campbell reaching out to me about the actual writing freelance news remotely. Do you still have Mark Ryan's email? Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I have it. It's like one of the three on that Gmail account. It's like one of the three things I still have flagged. No kidding. Yeah. That's that's kind of wonderful. That's yeah. a that's a great day of the day that 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 man comes. And that was I was very I had just gotten out of a relationship. I was just just ready to jump into a new career. I was very burned out of acting and came at a really good time. Do you ever have one of those ones where you got really close and then something went terribly wrong? Yes. Yeah, I had a couple of those too. Like I I think. I nearly I had a Gawker TV internship I was trying to get um, while I was in New York that. I got responses. I had a friend who was working at um, Fleshbot, which was the Gawker-owned porn site at the time, and she connected me with the Gawker TV guys, and I applied, and I got an email back, and I immediately, just by getting a response, was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to be editor-in-chief there someday, like completely jumped, yeah. like super jumped the gun, and totally put all my eggs in that basket, and then wasn't actually selected for the internship and that like broke me because it was the first writing job i had ever come close you, you to. work so hard and you yeah. get close and then it, it yeah. cuts away and it, yeah i yep. uh i got one of my very first freelance breaks very very first was uh was at ugo um ah which, before the ign thing. uh which closed immediately after uh extending me extending me my assignments uh. like i was, was like i finally did Oh dang! But <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it worked man. out all right. In the yeah, end. I think, yeah, I think you yeah, made it okay. turned out okay. Um, uh, what is a hobby or something you're passionate about that people who follow you might not know about? Ooh, um, <laughs> it's weird because I'm bad at it, but I kind of want to say cooking. I really, oh. I don't get too crazy with it, and I stick to the most simple recipes. But uh, I really like cooking, especially as I've tried to eat better and. I'm trying to get better about learning how to make things. I do like ground turkey a lot, oh. which is just boring. Like that's just my super basic go-to. But I'm really trying to get into cooking fish. I'm trying to be better about uh, baking and um, fish is hard. Fish is really hard. Grilling or baking fish is really hard, and I've I've screwed up a bunch of pieces of fish. I also have this. Even though I don't even really eat red meat that often, I have this obsession with wanting to be able to say I've cooked a perfect steak. Uh, a so, perfect steak. Yeah. Okay, which is that's, really hard. Oh, yeah. you, well, I'm, first off, are you, I mean, just the aging alone is going to be a problem. Well, How are you okay. going to do this? Yeah, I'm, let's, let's be real. Like, within reason, cooked up. Like, I, I just mean basically buying a slab of meat and cooking it to perfection. Okay, we're not calling that a perfect steak. Yeah, okay. I that's, apologize. No, yeah, that, the, the, listen here. I'm All right. sorry. All right. You got to, you got to, you got to, I veered into meat territory <laughs> and I'm sorry. Excuse <laughs> I didn't mean uh, to. Well, let's go back for a second to ground turkey. Why ground turkey? You, you called uh, you called ground turkey uh, bland, uh, but you also like, no, it's not bland. It it's wonderful. It's just I, it's so easy. Okay, like if you buy what I do is I buy a pound of turkey, I cut it up into four, and I make a quarter pound of turkey with a crap ton of vegetables, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of my go to. Or I'll do like omelets and things like that. But yeah, ground turkey is just it's not it's it's great, and I spice it. I'll occasionally do like weird stuff with it. Um, 
but I, uh, not very weird stuff. Just I just meant weird flavors. No, so that's great. Uh, what, yeah. what, what are you absolutely best at? Like if uh, you have somebody coming over and you want it to taste good. I'm really, I've, I feel like I finally perfected, this sounds dumb, but I feel like I finally perfected uh, scrambled eggs in the Gordon Ramsay method, oh. which is the alternating between, you do them in a saucepan and you alternate between he, uh, high heat and no heat. Are and, you are you stuff you should know in your scrambled eggs? Uh, wait, am I stuffed? I think that just a few weeks ago, I think stuff you should know did a thing about that. Oh, really? They're yeah. awesome. I Actually, weirdly, Altano was the one who first talked to me about that. And I think I saw them on Reddit at some point. But um, it sounds so stupid, but you make the fluffiest, most incredible scrambled eggs no, by doing them that way. The scrambled eggs are an art. I'm yeah, making I scrambled eggs. And everybody yeah. does it a little different. But it, yeah. it's... Uh, I, we had a friend who, and I, I think this is a fairly common thing for chefs, but uh, when I, uh, I graduated high school in Connecticut, and I went to college in Connecticut, and we had a friend we graduated with who uh, cooked, who was training to be a professional chef. And uh, his thing was that when he interviewed at any big restaurants, they would ask him to make omelets because mm. it teaches a lot about what you're like as a cook to see what ingredients you choose and how you are cooking the eggs themselves and your technique that's and all that. That's fascinating. I didn't yeah. know that. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you would have to – Show them how you prepare vegetables, uh, how good you are at chopping, what you know about recipes, flavor combinations. Makes perfect sense. It yep. really does. Uh, how about uh, you ever tried fried rice? Making it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I for a little bit, I was trying to do all kinds of weird. I, I had like a recipe book yeah. um, that I was trying to do stuff from. And uh, yeah, there was a good fried rice recipe in there that I was okay at. I've mm-hmm. never gotten it to be that like chinese takeout level of no fried fried rice fried rice is like i think like scrambled eggs like it's another one of those ones where like it everybody does it differently and it seems easy and it it is sort of but not to get it perfect yep i think some of the simplest dishes are the hardest to make yeah oh god i i will will humbly state here that i make the best uh like roast turkey in the world wow yeah there's yeah, it's just the best. I'm, I'm, I would love to try kinda, it. Kind of delicious. We're going to do this sometime. All right. Gonna make this. Episode 100 of Pockets Full of Soup is just us silently eating roast turkey with all of the guests around the table from the previous episode. Well, actually, we have, uh, we're have we having a Thanksgiving special. And Ooh. I'm thinking about doing my recipe on there, but I haven't decided Ooh. yet. So, uh, along with some other things. I got some ideas for that. We'll be announcing Intriguing. soon, hopefully. So, unless this is on after that. Who knows? Um, is this going to air after Thanksgiving? I don't think so. It depends. They fall in the fives. Wow, Andrew doesn't have that facial scar that he got so, on Thanksgiving. Well, okay, so episode 10 is you and Marty, and episode 15 <laughs> may end up being uh, one of our Patreon supporters. Ooh, okay. And so this, this case, is probably this might 20. Be 20. This might be 20. Is. Yeah. Okay. Man, I can't believe Superman became real on October 1st. <laughs> that <What>? was pretty <laughs> groovy how Superman was real. Yikes. Also, he wasn't that crappy Superman from the new movies. Yeah. He was a good, Brand- no, okay. noble Superman. All right. Let's be real. I think Henry Cavill does an okay job. I think oh. those movies have been awful, but I think he's like fine as Superman. I, he's, yeah. he's, he doesn't have a lot to work with. I saw The Man from Uncle, the new one, yeah. with him and Arnold oh, yeah. Hammer. And I didn't really like the movie. I didn't think it was very good, but I liked him in it a lot. Oh yeah, and again, I think, I, he's fine. Henry yeah, Cavill's given a, something to do. Yeah. He's like charismatic, and I, I think yeah. he's like totally that has that leading man quality. I just think that those Zack yeah. Snyder. No, it wasn't DC Cavill. I was going great. after it, it. Was it was Zack that Snyder. Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, totally that that, yep. that Superman yeah. is yep. a problem. But that that's a rant for another day. I hate the sin, not the sinner. I can. I, I don't. 
I can probably rant on Superman at least as long as Miller. I, I really love Superman. I like that. Uh, so that that's 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 a thing I don't talk about very much, uh, but but that actually is a big part of me. What's a hobby that you have that your followers might not know? Oh, that's a great question. Um, for me, oh, I, I'm so verbose and talk about myself all the time. Right, right, right. Um, I like when you talk about yourself. Oh my goodness! Uh, putting thinking about that for a moment. I'm outdoorsy, and I don't know if I talk about that or not. Like um, camping? Yeah, or? camping, hiking, um, cl- it, like not mountain climbing, uh, because that's crazy. But um, camping, hiking, woodcraft, uh, getting out in a canoe, getting out on a boat, wow, uh, fishing, things like that. My my confession, uh, hunting, I've done, I've done like none of that. So yeah. like, what is what is your why do you like it? What is your favorite part of it? I like nature. I like the sun and the breeze and most of all the stars at night. Uh, I like being outside in the daytime a lot. I like being outside at night even more. I like being under big trees and listening to the sound of wind cutting through thick summer leaves. I like listening to the foliage like crackle under your feet in October. I like the smell of of you know burning off in the distance, mingled with that kind of sweet slight like like vegetation rot that comes just as winter's coming in and you get that kind of cool chocolate air flavor that kind of comes down from the mountains and gets stuck up in your nostrils that only happens when it's like crisp outside i i love the outdoors i like animals a lot um i like stars uh i, I like astronomy and and so sitting outside at night and looking at the stars is lovely um i mean we mentioned earlier the whole kind of dialing out right not being connected to the world on your phone or whatever is camping part of that does it kind of elicit that feeling it does i like and i say camping i guess i mean yeah but in general that getting outdoors in general yeah i if i'm in a place my phone isn't working i'm happy yeah um I, i i like getting away from the world um or no i don't think that's getting away from the world for most of human history Wow, I'm, I'm ranting a long one. No, Thanks for please, the great questions. But, uh, well, that that was one of the reader questions. I just I repurposed it. <laughs> well, I made an Andrew question into a Jared question. I'm great with that. Call um, out the old switcheroo. <laughs> Thanks for the switcheroo. So this is a point I used to make when I taught theology. You know, there's a lot of analogies in the Bible about light and darkness. You constantly hear people talking about, you know, stepping into the light from darkness or shining your light so it can be seen. And it's it's an illumin- idea for knowledge versus ignorance, good versus evil. These are the the... the but these people understood darkness in a way you and I never will. I mean, if you're sitting on some Galilean hillside in, in uh, up the Jordan Valley and you are a dirt poor farmer, when the sun goes down, the world is dark. I mean, if it's an overcast night with no moon, outside of this tiny, tiny, when we say lamp, we're talking about something about a quarter the size of like a, a beer can with a tiny bit of olive oil poured in it and a light about what you get off a candle wick. And this is what's lighting your little hovel that you're living inside. And then outside of that radius, the world is pitch black. And that is night, and that's where the bandits live, and that's where the unknown lurks, and that's where the evil is, and that's where the large wild animals that will eat you if they're hungry enough are walking. Or maybe they'll let you pet them. Yeah, and... And that's the kind of darkness they're talking about when, yep. when they use that metaphor. And then one light in the middle of all that darkness, how powerful a single tiny spark would be in the midst of that. That's, there's something very real 
about walking around in that and remembering that for 99.5% of human history, that's the reality. And that you and I are kind of living in a strange, insulated and strangely artificial escape from that that may very well end up being temporary i mean we're surrounded by <laughs> it's one of the reasons why i can see why post-apocalyptic books and films and video games have caught on the way they have because our dependence on technology our dependence on the routine that we literally created for ourselves is unnatural by definition yeah. and so the world will if for some reason all electricity in the world stopped working Given a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand years, obviously the world would revert back to more of what it was. Yeah. And so it is interesting that it's like, is this a blip in the kind of story overall? I and that that total darkness thing. I mean, I mentioned that Tokyo trip. We, the closest I've ever come to that, probably in my entire life. I'm thirty. The closest I've come to that is that we drove about two hours outside of Tokyo to the Shiba Prefecture when we were in Japan, mm-hmm. and um. One of the things we were doing was to go visit this series of caves that ended up being flooded that we couldn't oh. go to them. But one of the exercises was literally the whole reason they brought us out there was to show us total darkness. And we had flashlights and we had a car and all this. And obviously we were two minutes away from the luxuries of technology. But one of the things they had us do was just for 30 seconds, turn everything off. Just yeah. be in, just enjoy being surrounded by total and complete 100% darkness. And I think... I realized it was probably the first time in my entire life I had had that. And it is, it's, it's sort of a profound feeling. It, it was for me. There's a, there's a Island, uh, Kyushu, one of the main Japanese islands. A friend of mine went to a firefly festival there. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of Japanese people would go onto this hillside and watch the sun go down picnicking, uh, at the beginning of summer. And then when the sun went down, everyone extinguished their lights and when they did, the fireflies would come out by the by the millions and just cover the hillside, and they would sit out there oh, under man. the stars and watch it. Uh, talk, I, I, man, sounds that's, incredible. That sounds, sounds like a scene not, from a movie. Yeah. Oh, I had a, <laughs> I had a moment in my own life like that. Um, growing up in in D.C., I wasn't familiar with dark. I, I didn't spend as much time outside then. It was really when I moved to Carolina, I became more. Uh, familiar with this, but I was profoundly affected. I went on an overnight field trip in elementary school to a nature center in Northern Virginia, outside the city. And we took this volunteer-only nature walk that night. Just any of the kids that wanted to could go out. And we had flashlights, and we went out, and they took us out in this field away from the rest of the center where it was truly dark and had us turn our lights off. I will never forget this. I stepped out into this field, and there was not an artificial light to be seen in any direction. The sky was so clear in that perfect early fall clearness that you could see the Milky Way, that white streak that you see in movies across the sky, which I'd never seen in my life and didn't know was possible. But also, the field was full of foxfire, which is a naturally phosphorescent Mm -hmm. growth. And so the stars were bathing the sky in white light, and the field was glowing with light. That must have been incredible. It was like, yeah, it was like seeing the sky reflected on solid ground. Like it was... I wonder if you could have even done that justice with the photograph if you'd even yeah. tried. Probably not. I, I couldn't yeah. have. I mean, you, yeah. Yeah, somebody could, yeah. but if I could you have. and the, yeah, not I. That reminds me of that Bane quote from The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, what is that Bane quote? Uh, it's during his fight with Batman, uh, when when Batman's trying all these tricks to get out of it, and one of them is that he turned off all the lights, and Bane's like, "Oh, you think darkness is your ally? I was 
born in the dark, molded by it, something, something, something. Yeah, I didn't see the light until I was a man. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that that's a real bad sequel to a real good movie. Yeah, I disagree. I think there is a lot of merit to that movie. I think uh, that. Ooh, Jared, you just opened a door. I I think okay. So I do. I totally agree that it's the weakest of the trilogy. Um, in hindsight, and that was something it took me a long time to get to, but. I think it had the potential to be great. And I think uh, that scene, actually, I love. I love everything leading up to it. Uh, I think when Batman's back is broken, there's this cut where it cuts to Joseph Gordon-Levitt knocking on all the doors of Wayne Manor and no one's yeah. answering because by that point, um, like Bruce is out of there. And then it cuts to Anne Hathaway uh, or Selena Kyle at the airport. And she's trying to just get the hell out of town because she witnessed Bane breaking Batman's back. And there's a little sequence where she punches out a bunch of unsuspecting guards and then joseph gordon levitt catches her like as she's boarding the plane and then he sits her down and they talk and he's like i need to talk to bruce do you know where he is or like is he alive and she's like i don't know and i feel like up until that moment if they had let him be dead Mm -hmm. it's such a good movie uh but then it cuts to him in the prison and i feel like from that point it starts going downhill if they had killed him halfway through the film and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt had taken up the mantle as Batman instead of Christian Bale. Up so to that point, if it had been a completely different movie, it might have been good. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Sure. <laughs> if it had been a completely different film, uh, it might have been a very good movie. So you think darkness is your ally? <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool lie. <laughs> I'm going to uh, throw you some uh, instant noodles now. Okay, let's I do it. Go with that. Here we go. What is best sandwich? Ooh, uh, I like chicken Caesar wraps. Uh, Is that cheat? Does it have to be a sandwich? What's that? I said chicken Caesar wraps. No, you can go. I I I normally, up till now, it's been anything between two distinct slices of bread. Okay, then I'll back up and I'll say I I really enjoy Thanksgiving sandwiches. Um, I like (gasps) when people do like bread with like turkey and cranberry sauce and stuffing. That's a oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good sandwich. Oh, you're my friend. But the wrap is really good too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, which wrap was it again? Let's I said it. chicken Caesar. Okay. There's a there's a place in San Francisco that puts croutons on their chicken Caesar wrap, which I thought was gonna be really gross, and now I'm obsessed with it. It's, it's like, so good, so good. Yeah, it gives a little crunch. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love sandwiches. So good. Uh, what's the best song written in the last 100 years? <sighs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh, neat choice. First time we've gotten that. Ooh. Uh, really? What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Interesting. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. Well, that's a popular answer. Really? Yeah, we've gotten this several times. Um, if you could travel through time and meet anybody, who would you visit? Hmm. Uh, probably Da Vinci or Ooh. any of the famous creative minds uh, who were just so ahead of their time and inventive. I think would be so fascinating to have a conversation with. Either that. I think my go-to is Da Vinci. Um. Alternately, Shakespeare. I think it would be so fascinating to talk to you, just a brilliant creative mind and just not even about his work or anything important, but just selfishly, I would love to talk to him about creative process. Just hang out? Yeah. Yeah, just hang out. And I would love to talk to Shakespeare about other contemporary plays or talk to Da Vinci about theories and and what he thinks is possible and what he would like to do with technology. That's kind of rad. Do you think he'd walk away with a new idea for something to create? Uh, Yes. Yeah. 100%. I think that it would be... Like, I mean, in the same way that I'm inspired when I talk to people around me who are creating good art, I, I think just meeting one of the greats would be incredible. What's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? <sighs> Spiders, probably. Spiders? That's a popular answer. 
Is it? Yep. Spider. Yeah. Spiders totally. are scary. Uh, I have also only once in my life been in a place with a bat. Uh, when I was in Hawaii, it was really dark, and a bat flew past, like uh. an actual real life bat. It was just fucking terrifying uh, really oh. i don't know that the creature itself is but just the dark circumstances through which it jump scares you is very scary and so that's the only bat you've ever been aware of yeah okay to my knowledge that's interesting you know that yeah. we're like surrounded by bats probably know, here oh yeah they're Prove everywhere it. yeah what bats you yeah. got a bat i get you a bat by three o'clock oh my god i want a bat um <laughs> <laughs> uh, be careful what you wish for kids <laughs> which favorite word absolutely Ooh, that's a fun one. Uh, who was your first kiss? Amy Winbigler. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. I've never met a, a Winbigler before. Yep. Uh, so uh, Amy Winbigler, it was uh, fifth grade, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there. Uh, and the, the, the story with Amy Winbigler is that uh, after me, she met Trent Shonaweiss. Who this was in like whatever Are these sixth or seventh soap grade. Soap opera characters? No, uh, she went on to marry Trent Shonaways, which means I am the only person she kissed other than her now husband. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So how, how was it? I'm like awful. <laughs> I mean, we were like, what fifth or sixth graders. Uh, I, it was incredible. Yeah. So again, what's the name? Amy, Amy Winbigler. Amy Winbigler sounds like a character in a Garrison Keillor novel. All right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, cake or pie? Pie. Pie. Oh, that was definitive. Oh, my God. I love pie. Pie is easily among my favorite foods. Um, now, as far as favorite pie, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, my go-to answer for the majority of my life was pecan. Uh, I am a big fan of pumpkin. Uh, but the weird where it gets weird is... And, and so here's my thing. What I'm about to say, when I've had a good one... Like a great one, it is probably my favorite pie. But when I've had a bad one, it's not even worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just tend to not get it. Uh, strawberry rhubarb. Oh. I think when you do it right, a strawberry rhubarb pie is second to none. But I have had so many mediocre ones as compared to maybe two incredible ones that yeah. I don't like it to be my go-to. And then also, uh, I was really into coconut cream for a little bit. R rhubarb is is my um, rhubarb is my benchmark for pie. Yeah. Yes, uh, totally. But man, you're right. It is so hard to find a good one. Yep. Um, you ever had pure rhubarb before? That's, no. that's good. So it's just it's so funny you said that. I, I've been watching, or I haven't really been watching. I finished watching uh, the Great British Bake Off, and there's an episode where they're making pastries and they they like cook rhubarb, which I have just never seen done before, and it was fascinating. It seems mm -hmm. like it's very hard to do. I can see why it's it's difficult to make a strawberry rhubarb. It's like pie. evil sour celery. Yeah. Um, the strange stuff. But what, what, what pie? What is okay? So just as a variant on the cake or pie thing. What would you say just what immediately pops into your head for favorite food? Oh, um, uh, Koko Ichibanya curry. Oh, yeah, um, that's, a, that's yeah. a great choice. Damn. Yeah. Yan yep. right. uh, gram, yan kara, kinoko inasu. Uh, so, like, uh, persona. What's that? <laughs> I so, said persona. <laughs> my favorite part of that is that I, uh, I tried to do kinoko to atnasu, which would be and, but for some reason I jumped into Spanish and said kinoko inasu. <laughs> Which is, oh, you've been watching too much Narcos. Yeah, it's a, that must be it. Uh, but no, I, I really love um, I love eggplant and mushroom curry at Ooh. Coco Ichibanya at Spice Level Four. Nice. That is, that right. is what? Uh, do you like the Coco curry? Yeah, I, I only I only had it once. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and it's and I didn't have it in Japan. I've had it here. Actually, here it 
tastes pretty close. Okay. Because uh, ramen here has not come close for no. me so far. No. I haven't looked at that, that many places, but I haven't found a ramen that's quite the Japan ramen. I haven't found a Japan ramen in the United States in five years of looking. I have three places I've been told to try. I'll keep you posted. Okay, we're going to have to have the talk. Also, this. gun to my head, I think my favorite food is falafel. Ooh, that's a great choice. Love falafel. Nicely done. Thank you. The delicious, like, delicious Mediterranean hush puppy. It's just yeah, so good. it's incredible. I think yeah. the best falafel I've ever had was in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm. Still, Ooh, although Connecticut. very close second was in Paris. Falafel in Paris. Yep. I've had Parisian falafel. That sounds amazing. Uh, what's one question you got for me? Ooh. All right, this is a little bit like choosing between your children. I understand this is going to be difficult, but up until this point. And it doesn't have to mean it's your favorite person. Yeah. But up until this point on this show, what is the episode that has been your favorite, specifically meaning what do you think was the one where you either learned the most or that affected you personally? Sitting in the room, it was John Dornbush um, because I didn't know what was coming. Okay. Um, Jonathan had shared some peripheral information with me, but... I was not aware of the magnitude or gravity of the story yep. that was about to be presented or the extraordinary intimacy of what he was willing to share. And that episode's um, incredible, if you haven't listened um, to it. We had, there have been, people have told incredible stories here, and some of them are exciting, and some are energetic, and some are heartbreaking and sad and beautiful. And th- this one's one of those, and I... Being in the room for that one gave it great power for me. Sure, that makes um, sense. So what that, a what a good a, kid he is. That Jonathan Dornbush. Yeah, I like him. You're a lot. his boss. I am. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I like that guy. He's uh, great. He's wonderful. Yeah, every, everyone here should uh, should learn everything you can about him in a constructive way and encourage him to keep making wonderful things because he's great. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I like that guy. T- everybody tell John. I think he's J M Dornbush on Twitter. Everyone yeah. just send him a nice message. Yeah, he deserves it. Absolutely, he does. Yep. Totally. Well, Andrew, uh, I believe this uh, brings our reader mail edition of Pockets Full of Soup to a close. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't. <gasps> a little more mail. A few thanks to read here. From David. Uh, I want to say thanks to my mother. She's w- She was not always kind, but she always cared. And I miss her now that she's gone. Wow. What a beautiful message. That's kind of eerily heartbreaking, but also very sweet. From Aaron. I'm thankful for my friend Grant. Who let me borrow his copy of Akira. <laughs> nice. From Riley. Thank you to my beautiful wife, Taylor. You stuck through me through thick and thin, and I couldn't ask for a better friend. Oh. So thank That's you sweet. guys for those. Uh, if I have missed your thank you message in the last few episodes that you sent in, hey, email it again to mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com and be like, hey, Jared, I sent you this and you didn't read it. Because I'm getting them from about five different sources now, uh, between Twitter and Facebook and Patreon and the Facebook group and, and the email. And sometimes I realize I've missed some. Yep. So, uh, yeah, just uh, bump, bump up a little refresher there, guys, and uh, I'll make sure I get them read. Thank you so very much for supporting the show. Uh, you guys know the drill. We're patreon.com slash Jared Petty. That's where you can support Pockets Full Soup. I hope you will because it makes a huge difference in my life and I really enjoy doing it. You can subscribe on YouTube. And the reason everyone asks you to subscribe on YouTube is because it's really helpful. So please do. Just press that little button. It's right over there. It says subscribe. Actually, we're... It would be... Okay. There? I don't know. It depends on the... Okay. Interface. So wait. If we're... If they're looking at us, it would be below you. 
Wow, that's it would really be strange. There. Thanks. All right. So now we know, right? Uh, no, I, Actually, I think they're unsubscribing. I'm at this wrong. Very I'm moment. wrong. It's below me. It's yeah, below me. It's, 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 just yeah, move on. Me. Move on. <laughs> just, just don't pay attention to anything we're saying. You can mail us at mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com and join the Facebook group because it's free and fun and it's full of nice people. Um, Andrew, where can the good people of the planet Earth find you? And is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I am on Twitter at Garfep, and anything I want to plug is probably being mentioned there at this moment, I would say. All right. Well, then thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time, friends. Bye-bye. <laughs>